Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., you guys ready for a double feature? Here's the inside scoop. Our great freelancer, Matt Young, did an incredible interview with Cody Diener here in the States. Then a couple weeks later, before we could even put it out, Joel Pearl, that mangy Canadian, did an interview with Cody Diener. So you're getting them back to back. We've got a lot of Cody Diener goodness for you. In the ring, he's helping produce, be an agent, all kinds of stuff for Impact Wrestling. But you know what? It doesn't matter... If you're in the United States, Canada, you can be anywhere with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can change your virtual location with just one click with the fastest VPN in the world on all your devices. The computer in front of me, the phone right here, the router that's in the corner, that screen over there. It doesn't matter. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered for all that. Maybe you miss old interfaces uh, that, you, that you used to have and now you've, you've subscribed to something and you're like, oh man, I don't know what this is. I can't, I can't use the search, search function or anything like that. I'm stumbling over my words. I'm so frustrated about it. But NordVPN.com slash Fightful fixes all that. Get pay-per-views at a much more affordable rate, block online trackers, block annoying pop-up ads, and malware with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Get a great deal, up to four months off right now, and a 30-day money-back guarantee in case you don't like it. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Enjoy the Diener. Matt Young here, Fightful Wrestling with Impact Wrestling's own Cody Diener. Cody, thanks for doing this. Uh, been an interesting week for you, so to speak, with that whole violent by design promo with Eric Young this week. I just want to, you know, talk about that. Whose idea was that for that whole uh, promo vignette, whatever you want to call it? How did that all come about? Because, well, 
It was certainly interesting. Yeah, that was, it was very interesting and very creative and very unique. Um, and pretty exciting for myself. Um, it was like everything that we've done with VBD since its inception, it's been a team effort uh, with the creative team, with the production team, with myself and uh, Eric and Joe Doring, and then the new guys, Angels and Con. It's always been a team effort, which is exactly the way it's always been at Impact Wrestling, which is why I love working with the creative team and the production team. It was, a, it was a team effort. And when the inception of the idea and the concept kind of came what was came forward and was presented to us, then everybody started to get their hands in it. And it wasn't, sometimes when multiple people get their hands in something, it messes it up yes. and then it becomes what it wasn't originally intended and it makes things worse. At Impact, it's the opposite. Because when somebody puts an idea on the table, then I jump in with an idea and EY jumps in and then everybody starts to jump in and it enhances it and makes it better. And that's the exciting thing when multiple people get their hands on it, but then make it even better. Wrestling fans, I don't think can fully understand how exciting that is um, from, from a wrestler standpoint, but it's super exciting and very, very rewarding. Definitely creative. Now that promo could end up being uh, dare I say it, probably the most important of your career, so to speak, which is saying a lot given how long your career has been. How important do you what think What are you saying? Are you saying I'm old? No, not at all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying you've been around a while. We've known each other for quite a while, Matt. So yes, yes. that's true. Yes. Uh, you're saying I'm old too. We're not doing like, that. Exactly. We're not doing that yet. <laughs> but how important is that promo going to end up being for your career? And on top of that, how, I guess, what's the, the term I'm looking for? How special or significant will it be for an op for you to have the opportunity to mm. lead violent by design potentially yeah it's uh i don't know i don't know if i would say it's the most important in my career it's definitely there's an argument to be made that it is for certain uh i would say this and i said this publicly already um, on my twitter is that it was the most creative and coolest thing I've ever done um, in television wrestling. I mean, I've done some pretty cool things in the past. I've got to work with some of my heroes. I've been in the ring with Jake the Snake Roberts and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So some people aren't aware of that. I've done some pretty cool things in wrestling. But on the, on the television screen, um, I only, I've done nothing as unique and as cool as that. And, you know, I dare to say that there hasn't been something as unique and cool as that on wrestling in general for anybody in a long, long time. So to be able to say that um, and mean that, I, I don't take that lightly and I, I feel that it is very important. And I, I think one of the things that I am excited about is I have known for a long time that I have a lot to offer this business, um, more so than just being uh, a good in-ring performer, or just being a guy that can talk, I know that I can do it all. And if this is gonna mean that I am put in a position where I can show the world everything that I have to offer, whether it's on the microphone, in the ring, um, or potentially, as you say, as a leader, then uh, it's time to show the world exactly what I can do. It's a good segue into my next question. You've recently started producing at Impact Wrestling as well. How did that come about and how, rewarding is that for you you know to potentially pass on some of your knowledge to some of the younger guys or less experienced guys so to speak 
Yeah, well, it's, I love it. I love producing. I've always had a producer's mind. It's just something that, uh, not necessarily something that was taught to me. That's just always the way I've looked at professional wrestling because I grew up loving it since I was five and saw it as this kind of produced television show that just grabbed my attention. And then as I started to get into the business, I would always look at it from the frame of mind of how did they set that up um, and why was it done that way. I was always very analytical about that. I've been that way since I was a young kid. So as over the years I've been, I've been learning, I've sat under the learning tree of so many amazing um, people. And every time I got to be in the same room as somebody like an Arn Anderson or Jake the Snake Roberts, um, I would just listen to them. I would just shut my mouth, open my ears, and just listen about how they viewed the business. So I've just learned a lot through osmosis from other people. And I was told once um, that knowledge isn't knowledge unless you pass it on. So I don't feel like I'm any smarter than anybody else. I, but I do know that I have learned from some amazing men and women in this business that came before me. And I've been able to absorb that knowledge. And now it's time to pass that knowledge on to other people. So I get to do that as a producer. And I wasn't sure if I was going to like it at first, you know. Um, being on a headset and, and producing younger talent, I wasn't sure if it was something that I was going to enjoy. And I very quickly realized that I love it a lot. It, I get a lot out of it. It's very, very gratifying seeing something that you help um, create. create, seeing it unfold in front of your eyes. Even though you're not actually in it, I get to live vicariously through the other talent and see them succeed because of something I suggested. Dude, it's... It's awesome. I, I, I very much like it. And well, I'm going to do a lot more of it moving forward. I think one of the things about producing that a lot of talents don't like necessarily is that what they worry about is, mm. am I going to be pigeonholed now as a producer? Am mm. I in ring days over? Right. Was that something you were worried about at all? No, because uh, I was, uh, when I started doing it, I was in a very good position with uh, VBD and we had a great thing going and we have a great thing going. So it was just, they, they needed somebody at, at, a, at a time, there was, there was a hole to be filled, and I was willing to step in in that role and help out, and then I, I, I caught on to it and was um, told that I was really good at it and got nothing but really good reviews from management and other wrestlers that I worked with, that I stayed in that role, and now it's become something that I'm doing. So it's, uh, I get to do, do, do both, which is, is really cool, and I don't see, it hasn't pigeonholed me at all. I mean, you. You saw what I just did this week on TV, so it's obviously not they're not they're not pushing me aside at all. I'm 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 being featured both on the television show and given a lot of responsibility as a producer, and I, that's what I love. I I want to be busy. I'm somebody that I always want to be doing something. So give me all the responsibility, whether it's on in front of the camera or behind the camera. Give me the responsibility. I want more because I want to prove that uh, I'm good at this business in every single aspect and. That's always been my goal, to knock it out of the park no matter what they got me doing. You know, we look back to the start of your career, completely Cody Steele, then you became that redneck Cody Diener, mm -hmm. to the current iteration of Cody Diener. Mm -hmm. How important has reinvention been for you throughout your career? Because, well, quite frankly, you've reinvented yourself a number of times. I, I feel like, again, maybe going back to the, what I said earlier about learning through osmosis, um, I think that people can probably hear this bell ringing behind us, which is maybe it's time for us to wrap up, but I don't, I don't want to shut up right now because I've got a good point here for people to hear. You got lots more <laughs> um, Through learning from, from osmosis and really being a student of the game, 
if you look at any successful professional wrestler that's been able to really have a long successful career, not just have you know a, a good few years in wrestling or have a really great you know four or five years. If you look at somebody, you know, like an Undertaker or a Chris Jericho who got who has done this successfully for decades. If you look at those guys, they have constantly reinvented themselves, evolved and changed when necessary. And my goal has always been to work in this amazing business that I love for as long as possible. So I'm really just trying to incorporate what I've seen other people that have been successful in this business do. And what do those people do? They reinvent themselves. They never get complacent. Um, and never just find the one thing that works and just kind of feel comfortable in that. I had started to feel that way. I was, I was starting to feel complacent and comfortable in my role and, that I'd done for a long time. And it was, that was partly the reason where I knew, nope, I got to change something now. So anytime I start to feel that way and okay, nope, now it's time to change. It's time, time to, to evolve. Change. Yeah, man. Well, you, you talk about, you know, evolving and being successful in professional wrestling. You've also become very successful in terms of being a public speaker, a motivational speaker to kids in schools. How did that come about? And how rewarding is it for you to go in front of a, a classroom of kids or a whole school of kids? A whole school sometimes. of kids. Sometimes and, I've been in front of literally thousands of young kids. Exactly. And, just, yeah. and give your presentation. How rewarding or just generally awesome is it? Well, I guess some people that are maybe watching this right now maybe don't know this about me, but I grew up in a very small rural town in the yes, middle of nowhere <laughs> uh, with a population of less than 200 people. Like, so some people can't grasp that. I mean, I'm speaking in front of crowds that have three times, four times the amount of people than the people that lived in the town I grew up in. So, I mean, I grew up in this small little town and I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. I had this dream and people told me when I was young that that wasn't possible. I was a very small, skinny kid in this town from the middle of nowhere and everybody told me that it wasn't possible. And I worked my butt off and had a goal and I made that goal happen. Not by myself, I had people come alongside me and help, but I was willing to accept that help. So really, what I do in my presentations is, is encourage kids that were maybe are in a similar position as me and have small expectations put on them, I, I, I tell them to not let the size of other people's expectations dictate the size of their dreams because I'm living proof that uh, you don't have to listen to other people that tell you no. You can turn any, any no into a yes if you work hard enough. So it's super rewarding when I get to share my journey and my story and my message with young kids and then have them come up to me, a lot of them you know, in tears, telling me how inspiring my story was and how now they are inspired to and motivated to go on and achieve their goals and their dreams and nobody told them in their life that they could do it, you know, and then to have me as a living example, encouraging them, telling them that they can, man, I'm like, I'm affecting kids' lives on a deep personal level and to try to explain how rewarding that is, is next to impossible but all i can say is it's it's very special it's something that i don't take lightly and it's something that i'm also going to continue to do as long as possible because it's rewarding and i love it and i want to keep doing more of it how do you get the crowd because like i asked this question yeah. i don't mean it in the disrespect no. but some guy like some of these kids aren't going to know who you are right? yeah yeah and, it's true. and they're not going to understand they're not wrestling fans the majority of them are exactly so, yeah right so they're not going to understand the journey or anything like that so how do you how do you get them? What's the hook right away for them? 
uh, authenticity. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Um, they think it's cool when I, I come up. I mean, I'm, a, I got ta- I'm covered in tattoos. And uh, I, I let you in the school. Uh, yeah, I, I look different than anyone else that's roaming the halls of the school. So that is kind of the hook. Like, who's this guy? What's he all about, right? But then I don't, I don't put on a front. I, I'm just authentic with him. I'm just my authentic self. And uh, I, any human being is drawn to authenticity, and they know that I'm not just up there putting on a show. I'm just, I'm just being real with them, and I tell them my real story. And. People are drawn to stories. That's why I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. I don't, I don't tell kids that they have to do this and they better do that. That's not my style. I'm not that kind of motivational speaker. When people think of motivational speaker, sometimes they think of rah-rah guys. They're like, yeah, you can do it. You can, you can accomplish this. And they're all rah-rah. With, yeah, with no substance. He's actually really awesome. If you've actually listened to what he says, he's, he's not like that. He's, he's more deep than that. But um, I just tell stories. And I don't tell them they have to do anything. And I feel like if... And this is true just in life in general, but definitely in the, in the speaking business that I'm in. We can learn a lot from people's stories if we just stop for a second and just listen to people, everyday people, you know, and just listen to them and talk to them and have human interactions like we're having right now. If you listen to someone's story, you can really learn a lot from it. You can be motivated by it and it can really change your life in a very positive way. So that's what I do. I just share my personal story with people. And I have found that over the years, my personal story has affected a lot of people in a positive way. So I want to keep sharing that with young people. Certainly resonates. You've been coming to Niagara. We're in St. Catharines, Ontario today. You've been coming to yes. Niagara for 20 years now. Yeah, um, man. Probably longer than that, actually. But again, we're not trying to date anybody. And it's interesting. <laughs> um, but you know, when you're driving here, do you, uh, do you ever like reflect back on your journey just because you started training in Niagara? You were driving two hours each way. A lot of people probably don't know that either. Mm-hmm. And you know, three actually from where I was. So okay. I was doing six hour round trips when I was training. Yes. Okay. Three three hour round trips. So six hours, three there yeah. and three back. Yes, fair enough. Crazy. So, yes. Do you ever reflect on that when you're driving and just like, man, people must have thought I was crazy, but well, it's worked out pretty well. I do. 
And I just recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, I spoke at a leadership conference in Niagara Falls. And before I went home, um, I stopped by my old wrestling school. There's an, the old, oh, wear, the old warehouse on Thirlstone Road. And uh, I took some pictures and filmed some video that I'm going to be sharing on my social media uh, of me actually doing what you just said, doing some personal reflection. I stood by the rickety old staircase that I had to walk up 23 years ago um, while there's people behind that door screaming and uh, screams of agony. And I've got to decide as this 18-year-old kid, am I going to walk up that staircase yep. and go into that room and join in on that agony I'm hearing? So I was able to just go to the very spot where I remember thinking that thought and asking myself, should I move forward? And whatever it was in me, that dream and that goal of mine was strong enough. I'm like, yep, I'm going to move forward. And I did. And for the last two decades, I tried to take the same approach, always moving forward. And it's cool that as you move forward, you still get to come back um, and re reflect and think about um, where you've been. It's really important to, to always remember where you came from and where you've been. So that was what it was like, like for me. I've, I've been able to travel around the world, speak to thousands of people, wrestle on television in front of millions of people, but to come back where it all started and to think about it, just like you're saying, reflect on where I've been and what I ever thought that I would have been where I am right now. Not in a million years would I have thought that I've actually get to do what I'm doing right now doing the job that I love, have the family that I have, and have all the blessings that I've had in my life from, from professional wrestling. I never thought of that, you know, uh, <laughs> all those years ago. No, I'm just thinking at the time, do I go get beat up by those dudes that are screaming behind that door? I'm like, yep, I'm going to. So it's really, that's all life is, right? It's like every moment it's like, should I do this? Do I keep moving forward? But if you want something hard enough and you want something bad enough, no matter how hard it is, you move forward. And uh, that's what my life's been and will always continue to be. I try to live by that. You, you just talk, touched upon your family there. You're mm -hmm. on the road a lot as a wrestler, as a motivational speaker. It you know, even adds to the amount that you're on the road because you're doing this motivational speaking. How mm -hmm. difficult is it to be away from home that much? Because, well, your wife certainly got her hands full with that, the future dean of yes. generation. Yes, my wife is a saint. Uh, I have four children. I don't, I don't talk about my family a lot, but I'm happy to talk about them right now with you um, because I did bring it up. And I, I talk about it a lot in my, in my um, speeches to, to young people. Um, like I said, I, I, I be authentic, I'm authentic with them. So I tell them that, about my family and how that it really is the most important thing to me, even more than any accomplishment I've had, um, championship belt or really cool creative promo that I've done on TV. Um, my family is exponentially more important than that. So it's, and I tell young people this when, when they you know, ask me if I have any advice, and one of the things I always tell them is make sure you have a good support system. And if you are married or have a girlfriend or have a family, I hope that they are there to support you because if they're not, this isn't gonna work. So I've been so blessed that my wife is super supportive. My kids are amazing and understanding um, that this is what daddy's job is. They haven't known anything else, right? They know that this is what daddy does. So, and they know that daddy's job is a lot different than some other people's jobs, especially after what they saw me do this past week. My son saw it and he's like, that's not what a normal dad does. Uh, and dad, are the cops gonna show up? No, we're okay, son. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they, my kids are amazing and my wife is a saint. She's, 
she's such a good mom and she's an amazing wife. So I'm just, I'm blessed, man. I have, I have a family that supports. Is it easy? No. But <laughs> it's uh, part of the sacrifice. And I've said this recently on social media too, like um, the sacrifice that is made by the wrestlers, a lot of people, the focus is put on that. 100%. And I, I always, not always, but as much as I can, I try to also remind people that the sacrifice that we make is often nothing compared to the sacrifice that, that's made by the families at home. Because if it wasn't for my wife and for my kids and my family and my support system, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, which is live out my childhood dream. So shout out to my wife and my kids and to all wives and kids of wrestlers and anybody in the inter entertainment business. It's not easy, no, it isn't. but it's because of them that uh, we get to entertain the, the people and the fans that love us. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very, very grateful and very blessed. All right, just before we wrap up, your message to the kids is you can do anything you want to do if you put in the work. Mm -hmm. You've put in the work for a long time now. Has the journey been everything that you thought it would be? No, it's been everything and more. Um, I also didn't realize how much persistence and patience was going to be needed and necessary to make it in as a professional wrestler. I've been doing this for 23 years and just now we're talking about a promo that I just cut on, you know, filmed on television that's going to bring me to the next level to a level that I have felt I've been at and been able to do for well over a decade now. And I'm just now starting to get some of these opportunities. So I tell people, hey man, you've gotta be persistent and you gotta be patient. And those just aren't words I'm throwing out there that sound nice. I've lived it. You gotta do the work. You have to do the work. I have put in the work. I've been persistent and patient and put in the work and proven every step of the way that every time you're given a little bit of responsibility, you knock it out of the park. And then you'll be given a little bit more and you knock that out of the park and then you'll be given a little bit more. And before you know it, you're gonna be given a lot of responsibilities and more and more and more. And I'm living proof that that's the case. And like I said earlier, give me all the responsibilities. I will knock it out of the park and, and prove every single time, I'm really good at what I do. And it's time for the world to see that too. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. I happen no, to. No, you couldn't. I happen to agree. <laughs> and with that, we should probably wrap this up because you need to get out and uh, sell some merchandise. And That's right, people. man. That's right, Matt. Thank but, you for doing this. Yeah, Appreciate man. it. Thanks. Good to see you, dude. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Joel Pearl at Fightful.com. And I'm here at Greektown Pro Wrestling in Toronto with a name you know and a face that well, technically, you should be out for murder charges right oh, now. May maybe. Is it, it, I thought you were going to say a face you love, but maybe you should be saying it's a face that you should be terrified of. It's Diener. How is your day going, first of all? How's my day going? My day's going great. I mean, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, ready for the show tonight. It's going to be a blast. Big Town Wrestling always tears it up, and the, the crowd here... In, in, in Toronto, in Greek town of Toronto, is always lively and crazy. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to tonight and looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're going to throw at me with these questions that you got here on your phone? Plenty. Let's see what, what are time. we going to do here. First of all, uh, so I'll ask you tonight. You're you're you have a match with Bupinder Gujar, am yes. I right? Yes. Uh, have you two had a chance to work together in the ring before? I have. I've had the pleasure of working with him. Oh, at least four or five times I've got to wrestle Bupinder. 
So he is a different beast of a yes, wrestler. He is. He, uh, I think a lot of people are, are maybe even sleeping on Bupinder Gujar as a wrestler. Agreed. Is there one thing that talent should know when it comes to wrestling? Uh, maybe someone that is just deceptively large, mm. like Bupinder Gujar. I don't know if there's one thing. I, I've said this um, about Bupinder um, to many people. I, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, so I'm happy to do this right now. Bupinder is way better than he should be. Okay. <laughs> Bupinder is very young. He has not been in this business a very long time. He has no business being as good as he is right now based on the level of experience that he has. Um, he's got he got thrown into the fire. I think his eighth match was a televised match in front of thousands of people with millions of people watching on TV. Wow. Like, he got thrown into the fire, and it was like, okay, are you going to burn up, or are you going to light a flame with this fire and run with it? And that's what he's done. He's, he is exceptionally good. And I, I was nowhere near as good as he is now based on when I was at his stage in his career. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, step in the ring with him again. And even just every time I'm in the ring with him, it's like, oh, man, this beast that you say is growing and getting better and better and better. He's, he's potentially a future world champion. So you talk about him having a, a really quick rise and ascent to working television. I, so did you at one time, right? They brought you out when TNA Impact was uh, kind of just underway, still working out of Orlando. Mm -hmm. And you did work a couple of dark matches, am I right? So yes. However, my ascension was not nearly as fast as his. No, no. So you, his eighth match was in, on television. I didn't get... a a contract with TNA until I had been, already been wrestling for nine years. Okay. So that's, that's a little bit of a slower rise. My, my career trajectory has actually been very slow. I've had to have patience and persistence and have not gotten, I was not thrown into the fire right away. I, my, my burn has been very slow, yeah. um, but I wouldn't have it any other way because every time I'm put in a situation and given an opportunity, I'm ready for it because I've, I've been put in those situations slowly and gradually over my career. So let's talk about one of those more recent gradual uh, eventual explosions, and that is your time with Violent by Design. Yeah. When you were paired up with Eric Young and with Big Joe Doring, what was, what, what was the catalyst for that? What brought together the three of you as mm -hmm. talent to work together as Violent by Design? Well, it was two things. One, it was a creative idea that got put out there. And it was floated towards me on whether or not this would be something I'd be game for because at that point I'd been wrestling for almost 20 years, had a very distinct brand that I had built up of myself. And if I was going to be a part of this creatively, it was going to mean I was going to have to change everything about myself and completely transform myself in order to make it effective and to do it the right way that I knew it needed to have um, be done. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the one thing. And the second thing, the even more organic thing and the reason why I think VBD worked is we're all friends. I, I've been a friend with, with Joe Doring for, um, oh man, I've known him for at least 15 years. I was there his first week when he started to train. Wow. I met Joe in his first week in the business and Eric Young was there on my very first day of wrestling school. So both of those guys have been tightly connected to me personally as my friends riding up and down the road with them. So whenever you have an opportunity to do something on television and be part of a group that is with your friends, 
that you immediately don't have to worry about having any on on-screen chemistry it's there automatically and i think that's the reason why vbd works so well is because we're all friends in real life it's like an evil new day yes sure <laughs> i've never heard it described that way but yes we'll run with that absolutely <laughs> you guys saw a lot of success in impact wrestling has violent by design things have recently taken a bit of a turn uh slightly yeah so you are now the head of the group now known as the design mm-hmm. you are you are the designed I am I am Diener, but Diener. I'm leading the design. This wasn't been this hasn't been formed by design. This is the design. Interesting. So yes. a few weeks ago on Impact Wrestling, as we are filming this show, uh, you and Eric had a very uh, dramatic, mm-hmm. a very um, tense mm-hmm. parting of ways. And yes. like we said at the top of the interview, a bit jokingly, you probably should be out for murder. But uh, talk to me about putting together that segment. Talk to me about not only working with Eric uh, in this setting, but just the the venue itself. I mean, it was it's an old abandoned jail in Nashville, if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Can you talk to me about the segment, how it came together, and just the just the, the emotions of that day? Yeah, man. There's a lot of them. Um, I'll kind of give you some of the key points and the Coles Notes versions of the things that I thought were really cool about it. Um, in terms of the venue. The very first um, backstage kind of filming that was done with Eric Young to hype his first appearance, um, reappearance with Impact Wrestling was done in that venue. The very first um, segment that involved me getting him getting into my mind to join Violent by Design and to transform me was done in that venue. So this final scene was done in the same venue. So this is a an almost two year, this is a two year story arc, which is, I I think isn't recognized and appreciated enough um, in terms of what impact wrestling does with their storytelling and their creative. There's no other television show that I think tells stories in a way that impact wrestling does. They don't just start something and go, we'll just forget about that and ignore it. No, we're sticking with that. And there's a story arc there. So that was one of the cool things for me was this story came full circle and resulted in what I said publicly and um, on my Twitter at Cody Diener, if you're if you're wondering, I said this and I'll, I'll stand by it. I said that tense moment you're talking about to me, I felt is the most unique and creative passing of the torch moment in pro wrestling history. Very few times in anyone's career do they get to do something where people talk about it and they're like, I've never seen anything like that in wrestling. That's an almost impossible statement to hear anymore. Like, well, I've never seen that before because everything's been done, right? So nothing has quite been done in wrestling like that moment. So to get to be a part of that and and do that with someone who's personally a close friend of mine was uh, a very... Oh man, just uh, overwhelmingly awesome experience. You've now taken on uh, an on-camera leadership role yes. as the man behind the design. Mm-hmm. Um, what should fans know about this entity, this this group you have with Big Con and Angels and yourself versus what was Violent by Design when it was yourself, Eric Young, and Big Joe Doring? I think the unique thread with all of us is that Somebody said this to me the other day. They go, it seems like you three have kind of, what's the history with you guys? What's the, what's the thing that brings you guys together as an entity? And I said, 
there's a very common thread with the three of us as professional wrestlers. We all have a chip on our shoulder. All three of us have never been given the ball and said, you're the focus now. Take this ball and let's see what you can do with it. I have always known that I can carry the ball if I'm just handed, handed that ball and leading a group and being the focus of a television show. That's what's happening right now. And I'm going to take that ball. I'm going to run with it. Khan is such an underrated big man. So big. <laughs> Humbly, I will say this, and I mean this, he is one of the best big men in professional wrestling okay. and has not had the opportunity and to show everything that he's capable of doing. Now he's going to be able to show that in Impact Wrestling with the design. Angels, super underrated performer that has so much to offer this business, and we've only seen the, the, the surface get scratched with what he's capable of doing. He's got a chip on his shoulder. So you got three guys that have so much to offer the wrestling business that have kind of been given some opportunities in the past to have you know, in, in the peripheral, but now we're the focus. Now the design has come together, yep. and uh, we're going to take the, the torch that's been handed to us, and we're going to light the professional wrestling business on fire with it. Speaking of opportunities, uh, we're back in Rochester. It's 2004. Okay. And a young Cody Steele is yes. working. Is, he's some guy. <laughs> looks a lot like you. Okay. Cody Steele. Sure. He's, uh, he's working a match with uh, – a little-known Hall of Famer known as Kurt Angle, an mm -hmm. Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Walk me through the experience working with Kurt Angle, not only that, but also you talked about your career trajectory being a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. This was your foray into an opportunity with WWE, yeah. and you would have other tryouts, things like that. Yeah. But talk to me about 2004 working with Kurt and doing, doing some TV work with WWE. That was my very first break in, in wrestling. I was, I'd been wrestling for four years. And my very first opportunity wrestling on television, I had done a dark match the night before with um, a character that had a, a short shelf life in Muhammad Hassan. Yep. And that went so well that they decided that kid needs to be with Kurt Angle tomorrow. So I got to be on SmackDown with Kurt Angle. And that also went very well. So well that when I came back through the curtain and started to walk towards the locker room, I hear, Cody! And I turn around, and Vince McMahon was sitting at a, at a table in Gorilla behind a monitor. And he stands up out of his seat and comes around the table and starts walking towards me. So my, this man that created every hero of mine since I was a child just said my name and is now walking towards me. And my first thought was, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and instead of him coming up and telling me something I did wrong, he took his hand. He extended it to me and said, Cody, thank you for tonight. You did an amazing job and shook my hand. And I was like, wow. Like, I mean, you don't get any better than that uh, um, in terms of professionally. It's like that was a very high point for me. So that high point also led to one of my first disappointments in wrestling is I go home and I have all these people calling me, people that worked in the WWE telling me, man, you did such a good job. Happy that you're going to be, you know, be getting signed and you're going to have a contract and you're going to be here. I'm like, well, that's news to me. Oh, <laughs> I, I did not know I was going to be getting a contract. And then that phone call that I thought I was going to get for that contract never came. Oh. So it was one of, one of first of many disappointments in terms of timing and, and, and being willing to, you know, 
push through those hardships and persevere and have persistence when needed. It was my first real big disappointment after reaching such a high. And then I've, I know a lot of guys that after a moment like that, they've, they quit. They go, well, I thought that was it and I wasn't and then they're gone. And I knew then, no, I'm not done. I belong here in this business at that level. I know I can perform at that high level. And I'm going to keep moving forward. And that's exactly what I did. So over two decades later, I'm still here. Now I'm finally past the torch. I'm leading a group and I'm super stoked about it. It's absolutely wild. I love that. This is the last couple of questions for you. Yes. First one is, your, since you, you've done a lot of work in the tag divisions and wherever you've gone, yes. uh, who was your, one of your favorite tag team uh, one of your favorite tag team partners, and also why is it Kevin Nash? <laughs> because Kevin Nash isn't such a cool dude to be in the ring with and like just make you relax. Like the first time I wrestled with Kev, I was a little bit nervous, but he immediately put me at ease nice. in the ring. I'm like, okay, this guy, I've always thought he was cool. And then you're like, okay, now I know why they call you Big Daddy Cool. <laughs> that is not just a catchphrase or a gimmick, he is cool. So I got to know Kevin, you know, by hanging out with him backstage and, and spending some time with him and then after the shows and uh, tagging with with Kev was a really amazing experience. And I also my favorite memory of working with Kevin Nash was getting him to dance. Uh, I used okay. to, So some people don't know, aren't familiar with this portion of my career, but on the indies, I would come out to um, a very wonderful song called Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. And I would do my ring entrance. And when I got to that moment in the song, I would pour some sugar on myself and do this little ditty. Yeah. And I was challenged by a promoter who I will not say his name, Scott Damore, uh, said, I dare you to try to get Kevin to dance. And okay, yeah. I'm like, challenge accepted. And after we won our tag match, they played that music. And I got Kevin, da Kevin Nash to do the pour some sugar on me dance in the middle of the ring at a Border City wrestling show and my life was complete. So yes, Kevin Nash is legitimately up there as one of my favorite tag team partners of all time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If, if, if not for just that fact alone. I love it. And my last question for you. <laughs> and he still looked cool doing it. Of like, course he does. You, it's it's hard Nash. to look cool doing this, but Kevin Nash was able to pull that off. That's wild. <laughs> my last question for you. 
We're here at Greektown Wrestling in Toronto, as we've been talking about. And a certain Jake something is here tonight. Mm -hmm. How would you feel about maybe uh, a reuniting with Jake Diener and mm. Cody and the cousins? Mm -hmm. How would you feel about, about a one-off, one last time working with Jake? If the money's right, then I'm willing. That's my pro wrestling carny wrestler answer. If you got the money, then I got the time. Would you wear a wig for the appearance? Uh, there was a guy recently that looked a lot like me on a IPWF show oh, yeah. who called himself like, you know, Otis Oates. Mm -hmm. And he had this wig on. He was dancing around the rig, uh, the ring. And he looked familiar to me. And he had some really cool dance moves, mm -hmm. which maybe he learned by listening to Def Leppard. I don't know. But uh, yes, it, it, he looked like he was wearing a wig. So if I could borrow a wig from Otis Oates, then maybe we could make it happen. Pour some sugar on Diener, and you got a, you got a deal. <laughs> Diener, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, man. This is my social media. I, uh, my, my fans, I always appreciate my fans. There's, there's no other industry or, or form of entertainment or sport that has fans that are as dedicated um, as wrestling fans. Yeah. So... Yeah, hit me up on social media. All my I have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Cody Diener. And we didn't touch on it right now, but I'll also plug this. I also do motivational speaking appearances. Oh, wow. Yeah, I go into, go into high schools. I've been doing that for almost 10 years now where I, I, I go around and I share my personal story of being this kid that I grew up in a tiny, small town in the middle of nowhere with a population of less than 200 people. Okay. So I, I talk about my journey and my story of want, having this big dream and everyone telling me it wasn't possible, and then I made it happen. So I, I tell that story and I motivate kids and tell them that they can accomplish their goals too if they are willing to put in the work. So all the information about that is um, at CodyDiener.com. So if there's anybody, you know, that's a teacher or knows a teacher or thinks, that guy speaks really well. Maybe I should have him go talk to my kids and tell them to follow their dreams. Uh, go to CodyDiener.com. All the information is there and follow me on social media. And I have an open email address on there. So hit me up. The most eloquent madman in wrestling, Cody Diener. <laughs> I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers.